Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you guys have joined me here at my little corner of the Internet. This is the Off the Bench podcast. And today is Mailbox Monday. And as usual, you guys have sent me in some phenomenal questions, and I'm going to spend the next half an hour talking about them. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. It's always such a joy to hear from you. And we so appreciate your questions coming in to Mailbox Monday. Thank you for sending those in. If you want your question to go to the top of the list, the way to do that is to become a subscriber to the Heidi St. John podcast. And you can do that by signing up at Spotify. I want to let you guys know we're getting closer and closer to the book launch. My brand new book, Mom Strong 365, is finally hitting store shelves. I've been waiting for this for a long time. And we are having a launch party right here in my hometown of Battleground, Washington on the 29th of August at 6 o'clock p.m. at a phenomenal restaurant in Battleground. And I will link back to that in the show notes today. We are requiring people to get tickets to reserve their spot there because seating is limited. But it's going to be a phenomenal evening. The first 25 people in line get a free copy of the book. And obviously, I'm going to be sitting there signing them. And then, and then I think 26 through 50 get 50% off. We're giving out door prizes. There's going to be charcuterie. It's at a wonderful restaurant. So you guys can purchase uh, food from the menu while you're there. It's just going to be a really great evening. So bring your spouse, bring your best friend coming out and celebrate what God has done with the release of MomStrong 365 on August the 29th. All right, I'm going to jump right into your questions today because as usual, I've got a lot of them. Janelle in California wants to homeschool, but some of her kids don't want to. Well, there's a shocker. She says, what's your advice for parents who tr- want to transition to homeschooling, but some of the kids are reluctant to leave public school? Our kids are 7, 9, 11, and 13. Well, first of all, if your oldest child is 13, that 13-year-old is still a baby. And even if that 13-year-old was 15 years old or 17 or 18, the responsibility is still yours. And I think some of you have heard me say on the show before that one of my my big parenting mess ups happened when my own daughter was about 13 or 14 years old and she wanted to go to public school. And I said, hey, let's wait till the end of the school year. And then if you still want to do it, we can evaluate and, uh, and you can make that decision. Well, two things were wrong with that. The first thing that's wrong was I said she could make the decision and that's not her decision to make. It's hers. It's her father's and my decision to make as her parents. Second of all, I put a burden on her that she was not designed to carry. And so I would submit to you that your children are not designed to carry the burden of choosing where they're going to go to school. Absolutely. You want to hear what they have to say. Listen to them. Find out what their fears are about homeschooling. What can you do to alleviate those fears? How can you make their homeschool experience a wonderful one? Uh, that's the reason why we ended up starting the homeschool ministry that is today known as Firmly Planted Family. It really came out of a desire to meet the needs of my own children and myself. I wanted community. I wanted to spend time with uh, people that I love and I wanted to make friends in the homeschool community. And so we started Homeschool Cooperative, which is obviously now grown into the Homeschool Resource Center. But that responsibility, Janelle, is yours. And you can tell your children listen, the schools are not good for you. Your dad and I prayed about this and we're making the best decision for that. We are making the best decision for you. But let's talk about how you can uh, make the most of home education. And let's see, you know, maybe, maybe um, 
get them excited about some things that are happening in the homeschool community wherever you are in California. There are so many opportunities right now to take advantage of in-home education. So don't miss the opportunity that God's put in front of you. Uh, I want to say thank you guys for leaving reviews at Apple Podcasts. Uh, We read them all the time here. A couple of them are in my show notes today from the staff. Uh, This Apple review came in from Bible Reader. And she said, uh, these shows are full of wisdom. I enjoy listening to Heidi share her heart on current topics while pointing us back to God and scripture. She's right when she says, I think you're going to be encouraged. Thank you for that review. I love reading it. All right. uh, Heather in Florida. She says, I've listened to many teachings on 1 Corinthians 11.5, but I still feel uneasy about not covering my head. My husband accepts Jesus, but is not a follower of Jesus, only goes to church half the time. And he only does it to please me. So I don't want to dishonor my head, but I also don't want to dishonor my husband. I don't have the head that is referred to in scripture. I've cried and prayed for God to show me how he would like me to cover my head, but I would appreciate if you would speak to this. Well, Heather, I don't know if you heard the podcast that I did with my friend, Pastor Phil Hopper, a couple of weeks ago, but we talked about this topic. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. When the Apostle Paul is talking about covering your head, he is talking about submission. He is talking about an attitude of the heart. He's not talking about a literal covering of your head. And uh, in reading the uh, the scriptures myself many times on this topic, I loved how uh, Phil took that scripture and took listeners back to the Greek to talk about what that actually meant. And I think you can find peace in that knowing that you don't have to have literally have your head covered, but you do need to be listening to your husband and walking in right relationship with him. It is the it is an attitude of the heart. I've noticed that you're saying that your husband uh, accepts Jesus, but he's not a follower of Jesus. He only goes to church half the time, and he does it to please me. I want to highlight something that you said. He's doing it to please you. I actually think that's pretty cool for a guy who hasn't accepted Christ and and doesn't profess to be a Christian that he would even go at all, that he's trying to please you. And so that says something about your husband and his desire to walk in right relationship with you. And so I think rather than continuing to just be upset about this and, uh, and you know, uh, anguish in your heart over this particular issue, I would just encourage you, you are free uh, in Christ in this issue. So this crying and praying for God to show you how he would like you to cover your head. He wants you to have a humble heart to live out your life in uh, understanding the hierarchy that God has set up, that the husband is the head of the home, like Christ is the head of the church. If your husband is a good man, and it sounds like he is, the Bible says that he may be won over by your, uh, by your attitude, by your heart, by your, the posture of your heart, before the Lord, before your husband, before other people. Uh, The fruit of the Spirit should shine through you, Heather. The fruit of the Spirit, goodness, peace, patience, joy, gentleness, self-control, evidence that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. And so I would encourage you that way that joy might be a hallmark of your life. Uh, We got some wonderful Apple podcast reviews. Another one that came in that said, this is a truly edifying show from Anna Ritz, it looks like. And then another one from Minister Joel, who said this podcast shows the culture through a lens of hope. I think that's one of my favorite reviews. Joel, thank you for that. Uh, Most mornings I kick off with a little exercise and Heidi's current events. Interestingly, I lived in the greater Portland area, served in full-time ministry and never knew about her until we moved to Texas and started homeschooling. 
I highly recommend this podcast as a homeschool dad. So, uh, Joel, next time you come back to this area, come by and say hello. I appreciate you leaving that. Um, Adana in Texas left a message on Anchor and wants to know how to start a homeschool resource center. I will link back to how you can do that in the show notes. We have actually written an entire manual on this. It's available for purchase. And once a year, we open up the center and we invite people to come and see what we're doing. And so that continues to be in the plans for early next year. We've put a lot of things on hold because we're in a a major season of transition around here. But we would absolutely love to have you come out uh, to that. So I'll link back to that manual in the show notes. And uh, we will let you know when we open the center up for training. We had an anonymous listener in North Dakota whose young daughter wants Snapchat. Listen, I don't even need to read this question. No, 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 no. No to Snapchat, no to Instagram, no to Twitter, no to Facebook. Your 11-year-old daughter does not need social media at all. I'm going to say it one more time. Your daughter, your young child does not need social media at all. Listen, if I could go back and rewind my parenting, uh, I was parenting a teenager when Facebook was launched for the first time. And if I could have seen through a crystal ball, you know, 15 years into the future, I don't think any of us would have gotten on social media. We didn't realize the hornet's nest we're stepping into. We didn't realize the pressure that social media would put on our kids. We didn't know it because it was new. It's not new anymore. Snapchat is a garbage platform. Do not let your child on it. And it doesn't matter. You know, her her reasoning, you know, uh, this listener says is because she feels left out. You know, wah, wah. I don't care. I don't care. That's That's what I would tell my kid. I don't care. Here's a phone. Use it. You don't need to be on a Snapchat just because your friends are communicating with each other on there. This mom's saying she doesn't feel comfortable through having it, having it, but how do I do it in a way that shows her love? You are loving her by keeping her off this platform. You know, I don't understand. We've kind of gotten into this weird, you know, parenting uh, relationship dynamic lately where we always feel like our kids have to feel good about the decisions that we make. No, they don't. They don't always have to feel good. And in fact, there are many times they won't feel good. You know what you want? You want a good outcome. You're not looking for a a warm, fuzzy feeling and a warm, fuzzy response from your child. What you're looking for is a good outcome. By now, you guys know my grave concern for the future of our country that is basically at risk because our public high schools and our universities are pushing communism and socialism as if they were beneficial to the nation. If you want to teach your students how to defend the history of this country, we've got a great opportunity for you. You can learn from a teacher who has founded a college that rivals the Ivy Leagues, an activist who has fought to protect religious freedom, and a lawyer who's argued before the Supreme Court and won. Michael Ferris brings his knowledge and expertise working within the American political and legal systems right into your home in a brand new 30-week course designed for high school students. The lectures are packed with personal stories and thoughtful questions from this seasoned expert, and your students will form a thoughtful stance on the American ideals this country was founded upon and leave with the tools to defend that stance. Pre-enroll by August 15th with the promo code HEIDI to participate in live Q&As with Mike Ferris. Remember, there are co-op and single household options available. This is fully online and it's self-paced. Content for the fall semester releases August 3rd and Unit 1 is available for free when you create an account at Lumen.com. That's L-U-M-N. 
H-E-I-D-I-F-I-F-T-E-E-N.com. And don't forget, use the coupon code HEIDI15, that's H-E-I-D-I-1-5, by August 15th to save 15%. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. And so uh, sometimes, and we obviously we're going to do the best we can. We want our kids to know that we love them and all those things. We want to be as gentle as we can, but we also have got to be firm in our, uh, in our commitment to say, no, sorry, uh, we're not going to have you do this. Sorry if you don't like it. The answer is no. And it's actually okay to do that. Um, an anonymous listener in Florida wants to know how to interact with a couple who are marrying after having an affair together. Oh man, guys. <sighs> Two people in my homeschool co-op had an affair. I confronted them privately. They did not stop. A divorce ensued and now they are getting married. How do I, I, I have to interact with them. How should I proceed? Well, I think you proceed very carefully because now you've learned something about these people. And that is one, they they're not honoring the Lord. I mean, have they gone back to the respective husbands and wives and have they begged for for forgiveness? Have they gone to the homeschool co-op where you guys are attending and begged for forgiveness and said, we sinned in the eyes of God. We sinned against our spouses. We've sinned against each other. We've sinned against our friends at the homeschool co-op. We have ignored God's word. And I'm telling you, just like in the case of uh, Solomon and or David rather in Bathsheba, there will be consequences for this either here or in or uh, in the future. But I'm telling you right now, the way that I would proceed, I first, I wouldn't be a jerk, but I also would interact with them very, very carefully because these are people that, you know, now cannot be trusted. And you know, now how, that they that they hold the word of God, uh, you know, to disdain because they were willing to do such a thing and then come back, you know, come back to the group and just act like nothing ever happened. Now, again. Uh, I realize I'm painting this thing with a pretty broad brush because I don't understand, you know, the back and forth. I don't know any of the history of this couple, but it just sounds to me like they had an affair. You you confronted them. They're like, sorry, you don't like it. They divorced their spouses. They got married. It, it, you know, to my way of thinking, that's just like, wow, you know, why? Why do we call ourselves Christian? I really like to know why. It's not that we can't sin like everybody sins. I sin. You all sin. I'm talking about a life of sin. I'm talking about unrepentant sin where we just continue on in our, you know, we just get into the mucky muck and we roll around and that's just what it is. And that's what this feels like to me. Ooh. So I just think when you proceed in relationship with them, you do so very carefully. Wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove. Don't be unkind, but I also would not become uh, best friends with these people. That's really a bummer. Uh Solid Truth Ministries left a comment on YouTube with an episode that I did called Courage, Every Christian's Call. And uh, she said, amen. Thank you, Heidi, for standing up for the truth. It's sad to see so many Christians living in fear, but we have nothing to fear. I continue to stand with you and speak the truth. Thank you for that. Uh, Gosh, I wish that more pastors would get the memo. So thank you for leaving that. I appreciate it. Sue in Canada, will you please comment 
on the politics of Canada versus the United States in regard to how Marxism and communism is unfolding. You have a solid constitution. Canada's constitution, which is really just a charter, is changing to censor free speech. A lot of Canadians are fleeing the United, fleeing to the United States, including us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on America's political future versus Canada's. Would appreciate encouragement on starting over in a new country. Well, first of all, Sue, welcome. Uh, welcome to the United States. I'm glad that you're uh, coming here. Uh, secondly, uh, I, uh, my husband and I honeymooned in 1989. We honeymooned in British Columbia. My husband grew up in the shadow of Canada. We are huge fans of Canada. Uh, of the country as it was, but that country has absolutely been taken over by first it was cultural Marxism, and then it was just straight up Marxism slash communism. Now it is absolutely true that Facebook and other social media platforms, uh, according to the Canadian government, they are no longer allowed to uh, put news out on their platforms. The Canadian government is trying to shield its citizens from being able to see what's happening outside of Canada, which I find to be shameful, but we saw this uh, years ago. So I was speaking actually in Toronto. I've spoken many times. I've spoken. Did I say speaking? Is that a word? I'm a homeschool mom. <laughs> speaking is not a word. I have spoken many times in Canada over the years. And about seven years ago, I was in Toronto and I was talking to the Canadians about the importance of freedom of speech and freedom of religion, talking about the First Amendment in the United States. The Canadian charter is not very strong and Justin Trudeau is a dictator. And so these are your these, these are your two major problems right now. Uh, one thing that the United States has, I think, that's different than the Canadians as a general rule is we're fighters by nature. And the Canadians are passive by nature. And as I was speaking to this, you know, seven or eight years ago in Toronto at a church talking about religious liberty and why it was so important to uphold uh, to fight for this. The pastor came up to me and said, you can't talk like that. You could be arrested for saying what you're saying. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I said, I think Trump was in the White House at the time. And I was like, uh, try to arrest me. I'd like to see how that how that goes down in my in your neighbor to the south. But my point is, there were many, many, many issues who, that have been going on and have been left unchecked and unaddressed in Canada for a long time. And unfortunately, now the Canadian people are suffering because of it. And this can absolutely happen in the United States. And the way that we prevent it is by the citizens actually becoming engaged again civically, by the citizens becoming engaged in politics, by the citizenry rising up, by the black robe regimen coming back to life again, by pastors speaking and telling the truth from the pulpit, by vetting and understanding who we're sending to positions of authority in this country. There's a lot of ways that we can fight back against it. But unless there, unless we find our courage, and this has been a large part of what's been happening in Canada, the people there are, I think, and I mean this uh, in, the, in the kindest way that I can think of to say it, passive. And freedom is not a passive thing. It doesn't get passed down in the bloodstream. You don't get it through osmosis. Freedom was hard won, and it will continue to be hard, uh, hard won. And we've got to continue to fight for it. And that's what needs to happen in Canada my heart goes out to the Canadians. What's happening there is absolutely terrible. I noticed that Justin Trudeau's wife left him, just like Bill Gates's wife left him. Uh, these women have got to be like, what in the world did I get myself into? This guy is nothing but a dictator. And that's exactly what Justin Trudeau is. My, 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 uh, my heart is breaking for the people of Canada and what's happening there. And it's a, it's a good reason for us to continue to pray 
for the men and women that live there. Um, one more question I think I've got time for today. Amanda in Arizona says, my 16-year-old son began working four days a week at a local farm and feed store. He begins welding at the college twice a week starting in August. My question is this, what's the best way for him to still do his school when he only has three days off a week? What is the best curriculum for a situation like this? Well, the answer to that question is you've got to sit down with him, figure out what he needs uh, to finish high school and to meet the requirements of the state of Arizona. And then you need to set up a good schedule for him. And so I think it's less about the curriculum and more about the schedule and making sure that you are making time for your son to finish what he needs to finish. I think it's, I applaud you. I mean, 16 year old working at a a farm and feed store, I would remind you that your 16 year old is still a child. And so even though he might be a very mature child, it sounds like he is, um, that, that discipleship aspect of it, don't miss it. You only have a limited amount of time, just a few years left with him. So be sure you're in the word with your son. Uh, I mean, that's not part of your question, but that's just what comes to my mind immediately is don't, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of programs here called Running Start and things like that, where people put their kids in the local uh, college because they have these, you know, these programs that are essentially free and they miss it. They miss the last couple of years with their kids. And these are such precious years, such precious opportunities. Don't miss the opportunity uh, to spend time with your kids because pretty soon that 16 year old is going to be 20 and you'll never get these years back again. So anyway, that's all I have time for today. You guys, thank you for sending in questions. I love answering them. I think it's one of the favorite things I do here at the show is just to hear from you and answer your questions. So keep them coming and uh, be praying for me. I am spending my week in Colorado. You guys are going to see an interview Uh, for Focus on the Family that I'm doing about uh, praying for our children. And also I'll be highlighting MomStrong 365, which is the new book I've written that's just coming out from Tyndale. And again, you can find that book anywhere that books are sold. This is the pre-order period, and it means a whole lot to us to see those orders come in ahead of time. That helps with production and it helps with the sales of the book and the trajectory of that book too. So the pre-order season is really important. So you can hop on over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, or you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and order that book. And as soon as we have them, I will sign those books and send them out to you. Uh, We appreciate you guys. If you're anywhere in the Portland metropolitan area, please mark your calendars for September 6th at 6 o'clock p.m. We are doing a building dedication. We are going to be giving back to the Lord in service what he has given to us in the incredible gift of the new facility that we are at. So join us for that. We can't wait for you to take part in that. And I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. If you want to reach out to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.